And we'll continue where the scripture reading left off with Luke 5, verse 36. And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith, The old is better. In this parable, we have, at a minimum, an old garment, a new patch, new wine, old wine skins, and old wine. But in the background, we have murmuring scribes and Pharisees for whom this parable was given. But we may glean something from it ourselves in this day. And finally, we have Jesus. He's the solution. He's the answer. He always is. And he still is. Well, Jesus took something common to their everyday life and used it to make a comparison to convey spiritual truth. Sometimes we say a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But briefly, we can relate, especially to the first part of this parable, it won't work to sew a new, unshrunk patch on an old garment. Because when the new is washed, the old has been washed already, the old will tear away from the new fabric and tear again. I can really relate to this. Some of us back in the day worked on farms and we worked hauling hay. And in particular, the farmer we worked for, my brothers and me, uh, had uh, alfalfa fields. So alfalfa hay is very uh, heavy, the bales, quite heavy. And um, when we would, they didn't have bale wagons and that type of thing. We, we did it by hand. So when we would hoist the bale by bale up on the truck and somebody on the truck would stack it, we would uh, use our knee or upper leg for leverage. And then the, the stiff, dry straw end, if you wish, of the bale would rub the, those pants and it wouldn't take long, we'd have a hole in our pants. And that would require a patch. And I learned to patch my own pants. Mom had a sewing machine ready to go always, turn those pants inside out, put the fabric there and sew it, and you have an old garment with an old patch. Now, that worked for the farm. It wouldn't have worked for school, though I think we did it when we were young then. And I realize that nowadays they don't bother to patch. They just wear holy pants. <laughs> Which only proves I was way ahead of my time. <laughs> and similarly, new wine into old, already stretched wineskins would not work 
Because as that new wine would age and ferment, if put into the old bottles, it would expand. The old bottles, already having been stretched to their limit, would burst. And so the wine would be lost and there would be spilled and the bottles perish. Bottles become worthless. And it seems like he was more concerned about the bottles being worthless than the wine being spilled. But this is not about new patches or old bottles, nor about old garments or an endorsement of wine. You have to read the whole Bible if you want to know about that. But uh, I might insert here, I know what a glass of wine will do because I've drank wine. Enough said. This is about the superiority of, of the gospel. That's the new to the Old Testament Levitical system, which is the old. The, uh, the old garment and the old bottles, they represent that old, rigorous uh, dispensation which had been made really rigorous by the Pharisees' approach to adding things to Moses' words that God never intended to be added. That's, that's the old garment, the old, the old bottles. The new cloth and the new bottles re- represent the new dispensation uh, person- personified in Jesus Christ. Uh, the old system was designed to be discarded once fulfilled and replaced by the new. The old had a purpose. It revealed, but it could not heal. The purpose of the law, Galatians tells us, was to be a schoolmaster or a teacher, an instructor, uh, to reveal sin. The purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to do something the law could not accomplish, and that is eradicate sin. You need not go through life sinning and repenting, sinning and repenting, or even sinning and sinning and never repenting. The gospel of Jesus Christ offers victory. Uh, Jesus came and still is available to be your Savior. The last phrase in the parable uh, declared the old is better. Now, the old is better is the view of the hypothetical man in the parable. And it may have been true of the wine of that day, uh, but it's not true in comparing the new dispensation to the old. On the contrary, Jesus gave this parable to help them understand that the new is better. Now, I do understand that there are times when when the old is better. We think of the old paths, uh, the old landmarks. We heard that sung about. Uh, The good old days, which were old but not always good in hindsight. Uh, the old campground. So there are times when the, when the old is, is better. But uh, the, the Jews' insistence in this day that the old was better uh, than the new uh, was what kept them out of the kingdom of God. That's true. Not at all. Uh, the new is better. The, the new offers uh, hope. Uh, the old offers bondage and death. Uh, the new offers freedom and life. And that's applicable to you and to me today. We need not live the remainder of our life here on earth uh, subject to the bondage of the enemy of our soul. Jesus came and is our Savior. 
the new is better for the disciples. Uh, The discourse that preceded this parable that Jesus gave was uh, because the uh, Pharisees had uh, the disciples had said the disciples of John fast often, but we notice that your disciples are not uh, fasting. Uh, and so they fiercely objected, being uh, interested in the, the legalistic manner in which they approached uh, their supposed worship to God, though they uh, didn't fulfill the weightier matters of it. They looked for opportunities to indict these who were following Jesus, and this they saw as an opportunity. Uh, John the Baptist's disciples, they fasted, but your disciples don't fast. Uh, what's the problem here? And so Jesus gave uh, this parable for their, their benefit, but we, we can understand that fasting uh, is accompanied by, by mourning, by bereavement almost, like, like as a, in, in a funeral. But he, he spoke, and you heard, Jesus compare this to a wedding. A wedding, in contrast to fasting, is uh, an event to be celebrated, an event to be rejoicing. So that, again, gives us the picture or the contrast of the old to the new. The old leaves you in tears. Uh, The new leaves you rejoicing. You choose. Which do you want? Uh, Do you want defeat or do you want victory? Well, I like the idea uh, of victory, I like the idea of, of rejoicing and laughing, and of course you do too. Uh, that's what brought you here. But uh, uh, as Isaiah said, uh, the Messiah was to come to comfort mourners, to comfort uh, those who uh, sat in sackcloth and ashes, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus offers that today as well. We need not be in a state of gloom and doom when we can have joy and victory. So the new was better for the disciples. The new was was better for the tax collector and also for the citizens from whom he collected those taxes. And we have preceding uh, what I just mentioned, the call of Levi, a publican, who exploited uh, those who were also Jews and, and otherwise by extracting or extorting uh, from them taxes for the Roman government. He was not a popular guy. But uh, we, we see that uh, when Jesus came by and said, follow me, he left the receipt of custom and began to follow Jesus. And furthermore, he invited guests to come to his house who were publicans and sinners rather than the scribes and Pharisees, although they seemed to always hang around in the shadows, didn't they? Always looking for uh, something to uh, critique, but uh, they missed out on it all. They were close enough to see it, but not close enough to partake of it. So uh, they uh, objected that Jesus had gone to be the guest of a sinner. Well, and then you heard what he said. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call uh, the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The old would hold us chained in bondage 
at the table of the receipt of custom. Uh, but, but the new frees us, as it did Matthew, to walk away from that old and live a life of liberty, rejoicing, and feasting in the fellowship of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what happened here uh, with Matthew, and that's what can happen to anyone who uh, wishes to experience the Lord's saving grace. We see that the new was also better, better for the palsied man. He was carried by four where Jesus was teaching. They could not have uh, access to him easily, and he could not have access to him at all, which is a, a portrait, if you will, of you and me. When we would have approached the Lord, there was no way to, to get to him. It takes the Spirit of God to beckon us, the Spirit of God to call us. Uh, short of that, we, we cannot come to the Lord. But God's Spirit is here to beckon those who wish to come, that's for sure. He was un- incapable of, of reaching Jesus. He was dead in his sins, so his body was not cooperating uh, with him. But uh, more than that, he apparently was a sinner because when they finally tore down the, the, the shingles of the roof, the tiling of the roof, and put them put the man down in front of Jesus, he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Yes. He got to the primary point right at the beginning. Well, there were objections by, guess who? Those same people who stood afar off and said, Who is this that forgives sins? He cannot uh, do that. Well, Jesus, that, that they might know he had power to forgive sins, told the man to rise, take up the bed, uh, and take up the couch and, and go to thine house. And he did so. Well, think about it. The uh, evidence of sins forgiven initially cannot be verified. It can be verified in time by individuals being observed who, who, observed who claim to be saved living a life without sinning. But they couldn't see that in a moment. And so Jesus, to uh, prove that he had power to forgive sins, said, rise, take up the bed and walk. And he did so. Well, the Lord uh, still has uh, victory for the one who's bound by sin today. And there will be evidence. The evidence is to go forth from that point uh, of the supposed, I'll say, conversion to the rest of your life, living a life that's pleasing to God, not lapsing back into the old ways of sin. If you have that uh, diagnosis, then you still need to be saved. You haven't got the real thing. You need to dip at the fountain to get the victory. God will give the victory. We don't have to struggle with uh, what nowadays they call a disease of sort. It's not a disease. It's sin. And the Lord came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, if it was a disease, we would send you to the physician. But even Luke, the beloved physician, knew that they that are sick, certainly a physician might be necessary. Uh, but if you're bound by sin, you need more than the best doctor in the house. You need Jesus. Uh, you need a Savior. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees, they seem uh, to miss it all. They had uh, no solution whatsoever. But the common people, we read, heard him gladly, and they responded to it. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Think of what they missed. They were there. The power of the Lord, we see in verse 17, was present to, to heal them, and he did indeed heal some, but they were not among them. But they were all amazed. They glorified God. Seen, we have seen strange things today. 
Well, I should say, they saw something that couldn't be accomplished without Jesus. Well, there remains a contrast between the, the old and, and the new. With the old, conditions will continue to deteriorate. Whether we are living a life of sin and trying to do our best to um, live a life that has some sense of morality to it, even if we accomplished that and on the outside appeared to have that sense of morality we strive for, with morality, by the way, being defined by the Word of God rather than by the culture, but conditions deteriorate. But with the new, conditions improve. The best is yet to come. It will only get better. And that's uh, what what we strive for. The old banishes to a, a life of sin and defeat. Uh, the new uh, elevates our walk in the Lord and by the grace of God to be one joyful and victorious uh, circumstances that we encounter notwithstanding. There really is victory in Jesus. We don't need to hang our head in, in shame or feel like uh, there's no hope, there's hope. There's hope in the Lord, and the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. The old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. It works. I lived in the old way 21 years, stepped into a gospel meeting and heard something that I had never heard before. Now, it wasn't new, but it was new to me. Just a common sense, or appeared to be a common sense minister stood up and, and uh, preached a simple message. And uh, like we often hear, I don't recall uh, what, what he said, but I do recall the spirit that he conveyed. Yeah. And he just seemed to be a, a common man, like I viewed my own family to be. And uh, I had never heard anything like it. Should have, I guess, 21. But uh, somehow I was wasn't like the scribes and Pharisees. I just didn't care and wasn't interested. But God took interest in me. God has interest in you. You may think nobody notices. There's one who notices. He's looking at you right now. If you're not saved, he's, he's reaching into your heart. And He's saying, why do you settle for the old? Even with old garments, at some point they become so uh, worn and, and tired that they're not even worthy to be taken to the goodwill. They just need to be discarded. That's the way it was old life of sin. You just need to leave it there, walk away from it, and try on the new. You'll like it. The enemy of your soul will try to hide it from you. But uh, he'll, he'll, uh, David put it this way. And he, he said, he, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, yeah. out of a miry clay. Yeah. He set my uh, feet upon a rock and established my goings. Yeah. But he didn't stop there. And he hath put a new song. I knew about those old songs. I, I, I could tell you the name of some of those groups from the 1970s. They come to my mind even now, but I uh, chase them away uh, because I don't want uh, you to Google them and listen to those uh, tunes. But when I, when I came into the gospel, I heard new songs. My mother used to sing in a country-western band before she was saved, and it seemed like all those country-western songs were the same. 
You know, I'm in the, uh, in the dumps down in the blue. Uh, my girlfriend left me for uh, some other guy. And you know, just defeat, despair. Well, I just cut the strings of that guitar and come on to the house of God and sing the new song. She did that. On her knees. She found God. And she began to sing a new song. Well, I hadn't heard these songs so much, uh, but, but I tell you, I loved them from the beginning. Uh, they were new, and uh, the, uh, they were worth singing. Well, the Lord will give you a new song, too. I say, I say the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. One, one day there's a new heaven and a new earth. The old will pass away. You'll be given a new mansion. I don't know where you live right now, but there's a mansion being prepared for you that's better than what you have now. It's up to you. Put away the tired, the worn, uh, the damaged, and try something new. If you've never done it before, this is a new day. God will give you a testimony. We're going to sing an imitation song. Take advantage of it. Come to the place of prayer. God will give you victory.